Hello everyone, welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show. Janine is back on the main show following the uh, big, uh, wonderful holiday special that was last week where everyone was on. Yay! That was fun. It was. Fun times. Fun times. Janine, it is that weird part of the year between Christmas and New Year when nobody knows what goes on. <laughs> it's um, holiday limbo. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody knows what day it is. Uh, people are just eating leftover Christmas food all day, every day, and nobody has showered. <laughs> They're waiting until New Year's. It's terrible. Yeah, they're waiting, they're waiting until New Year's so they can make that joke of, I haven't had a wash since last year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's a good one. It's not a good one. It's a terrible, <laughs> it's a terrible joke. I know, I was trying to um, be nice. Please don't be nice to me. Um, <laughs> hello, everyone, though. Yes, this is It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, another episode, episode 88. Which is nice. Two eights. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why that's <laughs> nice. It's just nice. Um, we are talking today. Janine, what are we talking today? We are talking about Father of the Bride from 1950. Yay, not necessarily the uh, one that you all know from the early 90s, but... That is, of course, our deja vu for today. Yeah. Um, with the one with Steve Martin from 91. But no, this one, uh, 1950. Spencer Tracy. Elizabeth Taylor plays the daughter. Uh, there is no one-on-one basketball games going on. Because <laughs> can you imagine Spencer Tracy and Elizabeth Taylor playing, playing one-on-one basketball, basketball with yeah. each other? Not so much. What a what a ridiculous thing uh, that would be. Okay then, Father of the Bride, Spencer Tracy. What did you think about this movie? Well, as usual, how these things work, I'm always more familiar with the remake, which I yes. didn't even. I was very surprised to learn that the original, the new one, was actually a remake. I had no idea that this movie even existed. <laughs> That's often the case. Yes. And then in my, you know, deja vu research, I discovered that, yes, there was an original with big name people and Oscar nominations and three, three Oscar nominations for this movie. One for best picture, Mm -hmm. which you never get with a rom-com. Rom-com type movie. What was the last last actual rom-com that got nominated for best picture? Right. I can't even... Unless unless there was one like last year we've just forgotten about it because yeah. we don't we're not like impressive Oscar. Who who's very good at Oscar? Do people trivia? consider do people consider La La Land a rom com or is it more no, musical? It's a musical. <laughs> Who is very good at Oscar's trivia in the Schmodown? Um I feel yeah, I feel like Bibiani would definitely be... I feel like William Bibiani would definitely be able to tell us what the last rom-com nominated for Best Picture was. 
But, um, yeah, it was nominated for Best Picture. It was also nominated for Best Actor for Spencer Tracy and uh, Best Screenplay for Ah. its screenplay. Okay. I forget who wrote the movie, but sorry. Um, (laughs) Sorry, sorry, that person who wrote the screenplay. But, yeah, so, you know, three Oscar noms, it's going to be a pretty pretty good movie, and it certainly is a pretty good movie. It's one of... It's one of those movies that is just kind of so, so nineteen fifty, and it makes it makes sense as to why these sort of movies don't get os don't get you know best picture noms and stuff like this these days, but it did back then because it's just like okay we've got big, big names, names in this thing yeah and. But it's how big an entertaining was... movie, and it says, you know, it's saying something about the, you know, it, it's got a, a cultural relevance to it. Father of the Bride, you know, it's a pretty, for any father of a daughter, it's going to be pretty relatable. And so how, it, you know, it, it, how common was the narration type thing that they do in this movie? I, I think, I mean, I think narration. Like like existed. talking to the audience narration. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you where uh, narration or like fourth wall breaking narration first yeah. came from. I couldn't tell you that. I'd have to do a little more uh, research. But that's certainly a great aspect of this movie. Yes. Um, and one that I didn't know existed because I hadn't seen the Steve Martin version or even or this version. Um But that was something I no, always I'm... liked about the new one was the kind of narration, but now just kind of seeing it in comparison, it feels like it's just trying to copy it. <laughs> like which is like a silly thing to say, of course it's a remake. But it doesn't feel as original as it did now that I know the other one exists and now that I've seen that whole yeah. beginning scene of him in the chair kind of talking to us about what he's just been through. Then seeing Steve Martin do it, it felt like what movie did we watch where it felt like they were basically just reading the oh like the 12 Angry Men, how... It just yeah. felt like they were basically just reading what was on the page yeah. and they weren't acting it. They weren't feeling it. They weren't in it. They were just kind of reading the same dialogue that was on the page from the original version. That's kind of what that scene felt like to me now after seeing Spencer Tracy. His just felt way more natural. And I it always did. thought the Steve Martin version was like kind of fun that he's talking to us and telling us. But then in the comparison, yeah, his Spencer Tracy's version it feels way more natural, which is just weird. Because like, you know, now that you have that context, it's yeah. <laughs> I, f- I feel like it does. It does. I completely agree. It does feel more natural. I feel like Spencer Tracy and Steve Martin are an interesting comparison. Yeah. Because Steve Martin's kind of. And that's the thing. I mean. We can treat this whole episode as, you know, one of those big comparison deja vus if you really want to. I yeah. I, I, I kind of like doing them sometimes. Okay. So then you got to sing um, the song, like, right now. <laughs> okay. Deja vu, deja vu, deja vu, deja vu. Yay. Woo-hoo. Okay. Okay. That starts us right <laughs> off. Um, I think Steve Martin, obviously the 91 version 
has scenes of Steve Martin being kind of just slapsticky, slapsticky. weird. Oh yeah, like at the nonsense the Steve Martin. in-laws because house. It, yeah. <laughs> epitomized by the scene at the in-laws house when he's just behaving like a lunatic. But I would you would never see Spencer Tracy doing that while he does have silly moments. You would never see him running around like doing goofy <laughs> things behind the people's backs and like them not no. seeing and like that whole no. thing. But that's that's plain to Steve Martin. You've <laughs> got to have some Steve Martin scenes yes, in a Steve true. Martin movie. Yes. Um absolutely. And in you know it, it worked for that. But, but Spencer Tracy is more of a kind of He's kind of a, he's got a sweeter nature to him. I feel like he's kind of grandfatherly, even though he's just a dad in the and movie. And he's like a gentle curmudgeon. I yeah, he, the, a gentle like, curmudgeon is the perfect description of Spencer and Tracy. A reluctant slap sticker. <laughs> yes, because he's bumbling and silly. He is, as well. but he doesn't play into it. Like it just no. feels like it happens, and then he's just like. <laughs> <laughs> then you could just picture he's... him making like the the sounds that Joe Pesci makes in Home Alone because he wasn't allowed to. Yes. Yeah. It's always been my favorite part of Home Alone is Joe Pesci's weird the you know mumbling impression to himself because he can't impression curse. of mutley from <laughs> wacky races where he's just going <laughs> it's fun yes um, like when the soda yes. sprays in his face you expect him to just be like, yeah <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what like Spencer moments Tracy like that are so great do. like he does the thing with the soda tries to open it sprays in his face then he sees the guy do it all easy and then he's like okay i'm gonna try this again and it sprays all in his face like i mean i love that he's he's annoyed throughout the whole movie yes but what is good about spencer tracy's version is that he keeps that in a lot of the time yes and he's just kind of everything's dealt with with a kind of sigh and an eye roll rather than uh, Steve Martin giving someone some sort of scathing look. Yes, or, or like annoyed, sarcastic lecture or whatever. Yeah. But that's Steve Martin. Steve Martin is known for annoying, sarcastic sort of, yeah, well, I'm Steve Martin. Think of that scene <laughs> in Planes, Trains and Automobiles. <laughs> yes. It's perfect Steve Martin. <laughs> Speaking of Steve Martin, actually, and... Martin Short, who's also in the 91 version. I just want to bring up the fact that Three Amigos is one of the most disappointing comedies I've ever watched. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't like that movie at all. And I like Steve Martin. I love Chevy Chase. I mean, not as a human being, but, you know, uh, <laughs> comedy movies. Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase is arguably my favourite, certainly my favourite American comic actor okay um, have you watched Comedy? and martin Sh- yes. yes um and martin Shaw, who is the weakest one of the three of those but yeah i was I still never a fan of don't his, mind his i still comedic. don't mind martin Shaw. yeah but uh no three three of me i don't you know maybe you love three amigos i haven't seen it in years 
long I, uh, time. I was disappointed by that movie. Um, but that's that's beside the point. I just brought that up because Martin Short is also <laughs> in the uh, the 91 version playing some absurd person. Frank. Frank. What's Frank. his last name? Eng- no, it's Engelhofer. Frank. Frank. I can't say that, though. Frank. Frank. Yeah, there you go. Frank. <laughs> thought you took French. Just re- <laughs> it's not French, that. What is it? I don't know. I don't know what sort of accent. <laughs> I don't know what sort of accent he was using. It sounded like Austrian yeah, or something I don't know like what that. Was supposed to be. Um, but that's beside that's beside the point for for now. Uh, Spencer Tracy. <laughs> Spencer Tracy does spend the whole movie annoyed, and I like that he he keeps his annoyance in, you know, he never sort of raises his voice or anything like that, I feel like in some scenes Steve Martin gets a little shouty oh yeah um, but Spencer Tracy's not like that, he keeps himself calm, he keeps himself composed, and by the end it's all nice and sweet and uh, you yeah. know, but he's still not doing things right. But this one like, it didn't have, like I noticed that the remake has is a bit more schmaltzy. Like, they play up the sentimentality way more than in the original. Do you think so? Do I you do. Think so? I do think so. Like, music cues and, like, you know, oh, okay. when I like when, Sp- when Spencer Tracy has the crazy dream, which is kind of a fun sequence. <laughs> like, That's the best thing yes, in the whole Yes, right? Movie. Like, I was not that expecting was... that. Like, those are some good, like smart kind of playing with effects and things like that like i really yeah. i liked that um 1950 it, doing yes. that sort of weirdness is great and that elizabeth taylor scream i'm like that girl should have done some more like crazy vincent price horror films or something that's what it felt like <laughs> right that's what that's what that whole yes. scene felt i was like, like how was elizabeth Please. taylor not an early scream queen type you know <laughs> In Please Hitchcock, why wasn't she in Hitchcock yeah. films, or movies with Vincent Price? Of... Because that was like a very good, like screaming, like scared, beautiful woman face that you would see in those kinds of movies. Um, it was. But yeah, like when he has that crazy dream sequence, Steve Martin is just having this reminiscent of her as a child, and yeah, as a teen, and like so, like just stuff like that. We just was very schmaltzy yeah. and sentimental. A... These kind of. You definitely get a lot more fear from Spencer Tracy. Yes. Um, uh, You know, really, uh, that comes to the forefront in that dream sequence. Yes. Which is pulled straight out of, like you said, a Vincent Price movie. Yes, where he's sinking into the floor. just full of screaming and, and sinking his into legs the floor. stretching and his clothes yeah. are ripping. And it's weird. It's surreal. It's insane. He can't just get to it's the insane. aisle. Yeah, yeah. And the floor's, like, moving all crazy and he's, like, bouncing yeah. around. Like, that was really kind of... And I was like, well, this is kind of cool. I wasn't expecting this. Okay. No. Okay. It was <laughs> completely unexpected yes. and very, very welcome. <laughs> yeah. In my yes. head. Yes. Um, no, I loved that. But yeah, throughout the whole movie, I got a sense that Spencer Tracy was really reluctant to let his daughter marry uh, Buckley. And Buckley. I rightly so, because his name's Buckley. 
uh, which is a ridiculous name. I'm sorry if you're called Buckley, but surely if you're called Buckley, you know you've got a little bit of a ridiculous name. It sounds like a dog's name. I mean, it does kind of sound like a dog's name. Uh, it remi- it all, all it reminds me of is uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and Jane Krakowski, whose son in that is called Buckley. Oh, goodness. Um, and they're obviously rich white people, and let's be fair, this movie is rich white people, the movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Like like a lot of movies, especially like rom-coms and stuff yes. from 50 and 40s were. So, you know, it's uh, it's expected in that way. Look at Sabrina, something oh, yes. like that that we, mm-hmm. that we did not too long ago. It's just wealthy white people. The basketball um, courts and the indoor, the indoor tennis courts <laughs> and the outdoor tennis courts. The indoor <laughs> swimming pools and the outdoor swimming pools. Yeah. It's not quite that. It's not quite <laughs> that bad. That, but no. Well, unless you get to uh, the groom's family. Oh, yes. And their shack. <laughs> yes. Uh, Spencer Tracy's convinced they live in squalor. And poverty, uh, but then their house ends up being like three times the size of theirs. Which and I kind of they... like that <laughs> comparative view in the re- in the remake, where it was like, "Where's the bathroom? The seventh door on the right. <laughs> Second door? No, seventh door. Like I can't even imagine having like five seven doors, doors. <laughs> let alone seven doors." <laughs> what would you put in those rooms? That's the right? question. They can't. They can't all be bedrooms. No. What? What's up there? A this gym, is what I've never understood. An office. Is, I know, an office this is for what him. I've never understood an about office huge for her. houses. <laughs> Guest is that how do you fill all know. your rooms? I don't know. You need. You oh, you you don't need more than what whoever's living in the house needs like all the maybe um each dog has a room they had three dogs well, that's ridiculous <laughs> you don't need that like i understand the door on the i right. understand get out of here <laughs> i understand if you're super wealthy having like a games room or a cinema room or a you know a full gym or a swimming pool or you know Stuff like that, an an office space for yourself. If you're a music artist, you have a recording studio in your ho- in your house. But like, if there's more, th- if there's two people living there, why do you need five bedrooms? Yeah, you don't. Uh, you need one bedroom if you're a couple, and two bedrooms if you're not. <laughs> yeah. What's I don't get it. I don't get it. Hashtag rich I just don't get, problems. I don't. I just don't get big houses. I don't understand them. I'm sorry. It's, it's a little <laughs> bit strange for me to say. Um, Spencer Tracy doesn't understand his in-laws' he uh, house, though either. So that's good. And we should talk about uh, his uh, wife in this movie, who's Joan Blondell, who's great as well. Actually, is it Ellie? Ellie, yes. Uh, he is what's his name? I just kept looking at him as Spencer Tracy. Um, his name is well, what is his name? Larry? Stanley. No, that's the other Stanley. Stanley. I Stanley. Stanley Banks. 
Stanley's a good name. Which they kept the surname, of course, in the movies. Banks. Yes. I like the name. I like the name Stanley. Yeah, yeah. it's better than Buckley. Better than, <laughs> it's much better than Buckley. Um, it's much much better than Buckley. Um, you uh, you told me a interesting piece of trivia before we started yes. this well, about. Was, you know, uh, most people know Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn were, you know, yes. a big time couple. Um, big and time, I... <laughs> big time couple in secret for a long time, then yes. not, and then broke up, and then back in secret, and then back public, and then it was a very situ. It was a situation, guys. Yes, um, but it but... lasted decades. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I was looking at some trivia, and um, I came across this, that Spencer Tracy wanted Catherine Hepburn for his screen wife, but it was felt Makes that they sense. were too romantic a team to play a happily domesticated couple with children. So Joan Bennett got the part. What, was it Joan Bennett? <laughs> is that her name? I think that's, Have I yeah. misspoke? Um, okay. Yeah. So what does that even mean? That they were... I don't know. I truly don't know what that means. That they too, were too, too romantic, romantic to be seen as a domesticated, a happy domesticated couple with children. Because domestication. They were, just, they were too, it was, d- does not imply hot and heavy. <laughs> no, Domest- domestication, everyone just becomes some sort of robot person. Apparently. And there's no romance ever. Not allowed anymore. No. It's not allowed. So they were too romantic um, for that kind of business. I could understand if the excuse was they, the the romance between Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy would take away from uh, the, the actual Elizabeth Taylor uh, actual wedding situation. Yeah. I can understand if that was the excuse. But that's not the excuse. The excuse is that to play any married couple, it worked in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. dinner, What's the problem? There was no crazy romantic charge that like took over the whole screen that (laughs) took away from like the focused couple. (laughs) And yeah, there were some, there were sweet scenes between the two of them. Yes, well, like I love the scene. Like, because like, I had always seen the scene, of course, with Steve Martin and talking about his wife and how he wouldn't remember what she wore, but yeah. he would remember how beautiful she looked. Like, I love that line, but, you know, I loved it in the original, like, her coming down the stairs, and she actually did look pretty. Like, I'm like, oh, I really like this dress. And he, I like that he kind of also equated that to when, you know, she made that whole thing about how she didn't get the wedding she wanted, and so he kind of said that as yeah. part of his kind of inner monologue to us that you know dressed as like as beautiful as she would have been like had she got like the wedding she wanted or whatever so you see some sweet moments like that with the two of them and then of course it ends with the two of them just dancing which was really sweet as well so i you know they it lent itself to some romantic moments so i don't understand why and i mean they could have got probably like a lot more attention you know, having that billing of the two of them and Elizabeth Taylor. So, I mean, it's kind of a missed opportunity, I think. I mean, look, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn certainly draws a huge billing. Right? Um, I mean, I, I guess, but 
it hardly did bad. It got three Oscar that's noms. Good. That's true. That's true. So I guess I guess they don't care. Um, but I, I, I do kind of. I would have loved to see that. Because any excuse to see Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn together. And uh, yes, speaking of I them too, and guess who's coming to dinner? Of course, Spencer yes. Tracy seems to play the father of a bride very well in he multiple does. movies. And I wish um, she was in it. Then I could have done my Catherine Hepburn impression. But... Well, you just half did your <laughs> Catherine Hepburn. I did, Morgan, yeah. <laughs> darling. What What do you personally think is better, your Catherine Hepburn impression or your Snow White impression? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I think your Snow White impression is way more accurate, but I prefer your Catherine Hepburn impression. Oh, you do, darling. Well, you're my knight in shining armour. And don't you forget it. <laughs> See, Henry Fonda's got nothing to do with this movie. Though, <laughs> no, so. he doesn't. But Spencer Tracy was her true knight in shining armor. He was. He was. That is, that is undeniable. Is undeniable. He was that. Um, I want to go and watch more Spencer Tracy movies after this. I've I do. seen precious little. I haven't seen any. This is the second movie I've seen with him. I saw this and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I don't think I've seen anything else with him. Yeah, I've seen too few Spencer Tracy movies. Yeah, he's great. Um, I find, like I said before, I find him grandfatherly. Yes, even like as young as he, like he wasn't very old in this, but he still felt very grandfathery. (laughs) No, he wasn't. No, he's he's not very old in this, but... It's, it's weird because it's like Steve Martin. I feel like Steve Martin has had silver hair, hair. since he was the age yes. of 30. Right? Like, Steve Martin has always looked the I've same age. I've never seen him. Because he's with... always had silver hair. <laughs> yes. And that's just a fact. <laughs> but, obviously, in in the Steve Martin version, he, he doesn't exactly... You, you wouldn't exactly call him grandfatherly. No. Um, he's 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 fatherly, sure, but he 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 has a a younger spirit than Spencer Tracy does. But it's well, he's definitely over here playing basketball. So yeah, <laughs> it's it's definitely a uh, Spencer Tracy excels on when it comes to sort of the sweetness and the sort of care and love of the whole situation. I think, and I think that's why he was. Would have been nominated for for an Oscar because he brought a he brought a realness to it, and like I said, any father of any daughter would be able to, especially at the time, be able to really identify with this uh, movie. Yeah, um, like when, when and he see sees... themselves in Spencer Tracy. Yeah, for sure. Like when he sees his stress kind of getting to her and upsetting her, he's like quick to kind of go and yeah. have moments with her and talk and make sure it's all okay so i really liked that that he didn't kind yeah. of you know there were moments where he definitely would let his kind of curmudgeon like get in the way and then once he saw like how it was affecting her um yeah he, that made for some very sweet moments with him and his daughter and i liked that yeah 
But like you said before as well, that curmudgeonliness made for some funny moments as well. <laughs> yes. Um, like with the with the in-laws, where you're, we're getting the monologue, the inner monologue of him going, I hate these people, these people are the worst, this is the worst night ever, I don't want to be here, I hate these people. And But like him on screen is just like, oh yes, hello Larry, hello Doris, hello, yes. yes. <laughs> and uh, Buckley's mother, by the way, played by Billy Burke, who is the uh, good witch of the North, Glinda. Uh. In the Wizard of Oz, yes. and it was weird to see her in anything else because she's got that such distinctive voice mm-hmm. that when she said her lines, it was just, "What am I watching?" We're just like all Wizard of Ozing. <laughs> Last time we had the, the wizard himself. <laughs> oh, we did, yes. Shop around we did the in the shop around the corner. Frank Morgan was yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> we should get. A uh, random Margaret Hamilton movie next. We should, we should. For, just for the just for the sake of it. <laughs> no, but it was it was weird because she has such that distinctive voice that yeah. she didn't she didn't have a lot to say in the movie, but no. when she did, it just I just it wanted like, her to huh? start saying I just wanted her to start talking about the Munchkins. <laughs> And the Wicked Witch of the East being <laughs> dead. And I talk about going home. There's no place like home. All you have to do is tap your feet together. Three I can't times. do an impression. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I absolutely cannot do an impression of Glinda the Good Witch of the North. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> I haven't got that sort of voice. Listen to my voice. Do I sound like Glinda the Good Witch of the North? Even no, not, a little bit. Not, not, I could do so a better much. impression of Frank Morgan. You could. Actually, um, <laughs> you, you know, we have we're name brothers, so yes, it makes sense. It does. It makes perfect um, sense. What else was great about this movie? To be fair, we've not talked. We've not talked really at all about Elizabeth Taylor. No. Who's young. kind? Of, who's you know pretty young in this movie? Yes. So, what was her kind of fame like at this time? Was this like kind of her earliest hmm. stuff? Like, was she? Yeah, it's 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 definitely early Elizabeth Taylor because it's nineteen fifty. Yeah. So it's definitely early Elizabeth Taylor, but it, she you know she's she's third billing, um, and she but when you look at the poster, her name's big. Yeah. So she's clearly got some thing at this point i'm sorry i should know more about this i, I do apologize yeah. that i don't actually know more surprised you usually uh, throwing about... all kinds of information at me from this time yeah maybe it's early i apologize guys it's early and it's the weird time before christmas <laughs> or not before christmas between christmas and new year where nobody knows what's going on and Everybody's just eating Holiday leftover limbo. Christmas food. Holiday limbo. Yeah. So I, I apologize if my Elizabeth Taylor knowledge isn't on prime form at the current time. No, because, I mean, Elizabeth Taylor was really sort of huge in the 60s. Not necessarily in, in the 50s. I mean, she'd done a few movies, but nothing... I mean, she yeah, she she was in that uh, she was in that Little Women adaptation in '49, I think. But 
Other than sort of that, she she'd done a few, but she wasn't anywhere near what she would become yet. And she was still very young. Okay. Yeah, she had done so, quite a bit of things, but nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that's that's it. But she's she's really great in this movie. Yeah, she's, she's very she's, sweet and. She is. Obviously, the whole thing's focused on the father of the bride, but yes. the bride plays a big part in that as well. Yeah, I think also like the remake as well. They kind of have her, you know, um, like I love that. The I love the comparison of the like the big, um, the wedding's off kind of fights, like both yeah. being very kind of silly things to like end a wedding over because um, Elizabeth Taylor ends hers because he wants to take her fishing in Nova Scotia and she bought all these cute outfits for a romantic holiday and he wants to go to Nova Scotia and go fishing for their honeymoon and how dare he and so terrible and selfish and in the remake he buys her a blender so she sees it as like he's trying to domesticate her like (laughs) yeah and how quickly the fights are resolved like it's it's funny because it's true You've seen that fight happen with yes. any random person these those fights happen. Yeah. It's just like what what are you fighting over? Well, he put the piece of bread on the other side of the counter and not this side of the counter and it was <laughs> just over. too much. It's over. <laughs> or yeah. or she didn't put that piece of bread on the right <laughs> shelf and put it on the other shelf. It's too much. And then it's some sort of big old whole issue. Um, and it's ridiculous. Uh, there is there is an underlying sense of silliness to Father <laughs> of the Bride, and I like that. Yes. I always like underlying silliness. Like, um, I love when mi- she's kind of talking about how she's going to elope and... Um, just to kind of save the money because he's constantly complaining about how much it costs and how much money he has to spend. So she's like, well, just elope. And then, like, she tells the mother they're going to elope. And then he's like, why? He's like, no, well, you know, whatever you want. We'll do whatever you want. We're not going to cut any people out. It's going to be great. And then, like, as he's walking out, why are you you telling her that? Why are you trying to get me in trouble? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) My, uh... My, 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 I mean, a great part is when he's figured, he, you know, he's he's found out how much it's going to cost per head. Oh, yeah. And he, and he keeps just repeating it over yeah. and over again. And he, then he insists that no more than 150 people come yes. back to the reception. Exactly. Um, and I love that because I'm kind of like that. <laughs> like if I was, you know, organized, if I was a... You know, if I was big on like parties and stuff like that, um, like birth, like say a birthday party or something like that, back back when it was my like twenty first birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. I would have had a big old thing, and obviously that's you know that's a while ago now, but I would have had a big old thing, and I but I would have had a strict goddamn list. <laughs> I love strict lists, wedding like weddings like. Okay, but like, why why are we inviting this random family member who I haven't seen in ten years? 
no, we're not inviting that random family member. I don't know them. We're inviting, <laughs> we're inviting this strict list of people who I actually want to be here. Yeah. So well, I feel spent. I feel Spencer Tracy on yes, that. Front. I can attest to those things happening of just random people that you don't know being invited. And What's like, the point? What? Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? Yes. Trust me. You don't need. You don't know. I was just like, oh, hello, hello. I'm your auntie, whatever. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I remember you when you were this big. I was like, like I, well, I'm not that big anymore. I, I'm in my mid-twenties. And I loved What's... him being, speaking of aunties, I loved him being on the phone with that aunt who's his wife's aunt. Is it and he's like, Auntie Hilda or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, like, she's your relative. What do you want me to do? You could tell her to go jump in the lake for all I care. <laughs> and she gives him that ugly statue, which also appears in the remake. <laughs> Oh yes, that yes it ugly does. That statue clock. <laughs> yeah, that was. Funny. And then I love that, that he's funny. on the phone. She's at the train station, and he's on the phone, and like people are coming in and out doing things to the house, and he's trying to figure out if somebody can go pick her up and find out where she is, and he tells you know his wife hey she's at the train station she's been there all day who's gonna go pick her up she can jump in the lake for all i care and then he's like okay well you can there's a lake oh i mean there's a taxi over there <laughs> <laughs> we should we should also say that this is right in the middle of all the wedding planners yes moving everything out of their house to put all, put all the, the stuff, in, stuff their in for house the wedding that's, yes that's fancy so everybody's really stressed yes and yes, the, and this random auntie doesn't even like attend. She can't even. She doesn't even <laughs> no, attend the ceremony because she's still at the train <laughs> station. <laughs> and he gets another phone call after. Oh yeah. It's like, but but the thing is, ultimately, who is Auntie Hilda? Does she need to be there? Probably no, not. No, not really. Strict lists. Strict lists. Yes. Come on, Spencer Tracy, put your foot down. And I love Auntie Hilda is not coming. <laughs> no. And I love the party thing where, like, you know, he was told, oh, yeah, you know, these kinds of parties we serve, you know, um, like martinis or whatever. So he made all these martinis. Yes. And <laughs> nobody wants to drink them. <laughs> no, Everyone's coming no, in, asking him for all these specific drinks. So then he's just here playing bartender at this party that he's supposed to be hosting and giving a nice speech about, about the engagement. And he's just stuck in the kitchen making all these drinks for everyone. And no one wants, oh, it's a little bit of the, early in the day for a martini. How about some bourbon? Like, what? What? <laughs> He's made so many masks. Yes, and nobody wants any, so he's just stuck being bartender making all these drinks. And then at the end of the night, the wife's like, where were you? I was hosting this party all by myself, and you just weren't... <laughs> like, I feel so bad for him. I feel so bad for him throughout the whole... He's so sad that no one wants any one of yeah. his martinis. And then the friend, like, reading, oh, well, let's look at this little speech that you were going to say. And then the friend's just laughing and making fun of his little speech <laughs> and ringing the little bell. Like, it's terrible. Poor it Spencer is terrible. Tracy. That was a... That was a proud moment for Spencer Tracy. Yes. And it's been he's been laughed off. He's been laughed off the stage. Yes. And he's not uh, gonna like that. And I also loved him trying on the suit. That was ridiculous. Yes. That was very funny. And I mean, look, it was it was Steve Martin funny. 
in the Steve Martin version, yes. where he's doing some sort of weird dance. And then he even like the went to the groceries and, and he went to the grocery store like that. And then he like yeah. had a freak out at the grocery store. And I loved with the Steve Martin one that he, when he gets taken to jail because he's freaking out about hot dog buns in the store yes. that like, he even tells the prison guard guy, like how much the wedding's costing him. And the wife's <laughs> like, I bet you, he told you how much this wedding is costing. Right. And he was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. 250 ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, funny. It is funny. Yes. But yes, I, I do agree with you that it is funnier when Spencer Tracy is trying on his suit. He, put his he just can't, and he can't do it. Get him to it. <laughs> it's a bit too small. And, and he I just love, tries so I love, hard. I love the universal concept of anybody and everybody just sticking their tongue out when they're trying to squeeze into something that doesn't fit. Yeah. I think everybody yeah. does that. <laughs> just biting your tongue or yeah, putting like, your tongue to the side of your mouth. Everybody does that's going to make it fit. That's going to that's gonna yeah. get. <laughs> and him just like constantly squidging down and pulling down that <laughs> vest and like trying to make and it work. <laughs> the thing is, Ellie's just watching him. Yeah. Just with this just disappointed look on her yeah. face just like, what are you doing yeah well you're trying to get and he's so proud of himself yeah. when he gets into it but he's yeah. walking around like it's like four She's like, sizes are you even standing upright yeah he's like <laughs> oh i like i prefer like, yeah. the jacket unbuttoned i actually kind of like how it looks like this like no <laughs> yeah it's because when it was buttoned it was gonna pop off immediately yes and I, I kind of Tracy. love the thing with the Steve Martin suit, how like he couldn't afford it. So he got this suit and it's supposed to be black. But then like everyone's saying, oh, this navy blue button off your suit must be yours. Like his suit was actually navy blue because it was like some cheap knockoff suit. And everyone's like, yeah, oh, yay, the, guy. the guy in the the navy blue suit. And he's like, it's supposed to be black. But <laughs> was it the guy at uh, the guy at Steve Martin's work? Because he what is he like a. The owner of a shoe business or something Yeah, like something, that. and he was able to get some, like, shady Armani yeah. suit or whatever. So, some guy, oh, this is a real Armani. Don't ask me how I got it, but it's yeah. a real Armani. And it ain't yeah. no real Armani. <laughs> no, and it's, like, navy blue, and it's supposed to be black, and <laughs> everyone can notice it. <laughs> Incl- including uh, Franck. Yes, who, Franck. Uh, who does notice it. And by the way, speaking of uh, Franck, his equivalent in... The Spencer Tracy version. Oh, that guy. The wedding planner. He has a mustache, Janine. He does. And is it's a ridiculous being inducted? Is he being inducted? His name, his name, Janine, is Leo G. Carroll. Okay. And he is in the Mustache Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Applause. Applause. Leo G. Carroll. In the Mustache Hall of Fame for his silly, weirdly, it looks upturned all across his top lip mustache. And he was slightly it's sassy. I was, I was like, are they going to make him sassy? Is that where they got this frunk idea from? Um, Probably. Yeah, he was slightly sassy. Like when she was like, oh, we were thinking about just variety of sandwiches and ice cream he's like oh well that's normally what we do for a children's party (laughs) (laughs) well that's what we want (laughs) they do like i mean spencer tracy does love ice cream yeah yeah we know spencer tracy his ice cream scene from uh guess who's coming to dinner 
Yeah, but he also has, a, of course, he also has an ice cream scene in this movie. Yeah. Right at the start, when she tells him about Buckley, yes. he gets upset because she's told him while he's eating his ice, ice cream. cream yeah. And she could have at least waited, waited until, until the until coffee. Waited until the coffee came. Yeah. <laughs> I like his little montage of like going through the boyfriends. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that was that was funny actually. Not least of which because they all looked the same. But I don't even accept that that picketing one looked kind of like Johnny Depp. <laughs> like a young Johnny Depp. <laughs> and he was he was not happy when he turned up. When Buckley no. turned up. Like even looking at, at him through the window, he was like making a stinky old face like and putting his hand on his head and shaking like oh. Like what what he hasn't even, haven't even spoken to him. You're just seeing him through the window, like fixing his hair, and you're just looking like ah, already and shaking your hand and putting your hand on your head. Like, <laughs> poor Buckley didn't have a chance. <laughs> Buckley, Buckley's kind of a, a quivering wreck, though, throughout most of the movie. Yeah. He, he's very afraid of a lot of things. The Brian in this, in the remake, was not as, not as, I think, nervous or. No, and I I don't think he was as memorable. No. I don't think he was as memorable as Buckley, and maybe that's just because Buckley's called Buckley and yeah. not Brian. Brian McKenzie. Know, everyone's everyone's called Brian. Although I did see him. At, at, it was it was funny. I actually had a little uh, Father of the Bride uh, reunion the very first time I was at LAX. You did? Um, yes. Um I believe we were flying out from there to go to like uh, Buffalo because usually okay. when we go to Canada to visit my grandma, uh. we go to f- fly into Buffalo and then drive, rent a car and drive across the border. So, yeah, we were flying out from LAX and we were there waiting. And as we were walking to our gate, I saw George Newbern, the guy who plays Brian McKenzie, like walking the opposite direction. And I'm like, what? That's the guy from that show? And I know him to do a lot of voice work. Like he was the voice of a character from this animated show that probably nobody remembers that I used to watch all the time with my brother, Pirates of Dark Water. Um, he was the voice. No. Yeah, he was the voice of the main character, Ren. So I was like, oh, what is that? And then later that same day when we were at our gate waiting for our flight, Martin Short was there, like pacing across, the, like just walking back and forth in the at the gate on the phone, like having some kind of angry phone conversation. So I was like, "What?" George Newbern and Martin Short, two guys from Father of the Bride, are just in the airport on the same freaking day. Like, what? Yeah, it was very That's, strange. It's a good story. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. I like story. I like stories like that. Yeah. Who would have thought it? A father of the bride reunion <laughs> at, at the airport. LAX. I mean, did they know they were both there at the same time? Probably that not. That was weird. <laughs> they probably don't. Martin Short probably doesn't even remember him. And I think it was around the time that flip phones and camera phones weren't a thing. So the best I could have taken was a crappy like flip phone picture that's all blurry and small. Um, like it was like Tokyo Drift Tech. Oh, oh! You mean Tokyo Drift Tech that takes place at least in 2016? Yes, <laughs> exactly. The weird timeline is of the goddamn Fast yes. and Furious movies. 
Um, that's a good story, though. I like yeah, that story. Yeah. I don't have a father of the bride story, I'm you afraid. Don't, you didn't see Spencer Tracy and Elizabeth Taylor no. at, at the airport? No, I'm not a time <laughs> traveler. I would have liked to see that. I would have liked very much to see that. In fact, I would have loved to see Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn at the airport somewhere. Oh, would you, darling? Wouldn't it have Certainly been would. wonderful? It would. It would have been excellent. Imagine just imagine just just the sweetness of those two walking I around t- together. <laughs> Like you said before, the the ice cream scene and guess who's coming to dinner. It's so cute. A, He's like, oh, I'm mad scene. because it's not the flavor. It's like, oh, this is it's definitely the flavor I got last time. Oh no, this is not the flavor. But but it's not bad. It's not bad. <laughs> so not adorable. Bad. <laughs> uh, he is fun. Yes. Spencer Tracy is very very fun, and he does play, he does play the bumbling sweet Reluctant person curmudgeon. very well. Yes. Reluctant curmudgeon. You, you you said that. He does play that. Very, very well indeed. Janine, do we have anything else to say about Father of the Bride or about the uh, Steve Martin version for um, Deja Vu? Um, I, again, I don't know. I, I have to say, every time we do this, I always... I think the the original wins out every time. If I have to say which one, of course I prefer. it does. Um, and it's work. Like I always expect the newer one to, you know, just have that pang of nostalgia for me, or it's the one I'm more familiar with to kind of pull me that way. But objectively speaking, I just prefer the original Spencer Tracy. What he brings to it, his type of energy of playing that kind of you know grouch, but then you he can kind of just ease into the sensitive side of things so naturally um i liked the fourth wall breaking just felt more natural like he was really kind of talking to us and then in comparing that to the steve martin version that just felt like he was trying to do a carbon copy of that and it just didn't play very well um and i think there was kind of a lot of schmaltzy sentimentality kind of thrown in the remake that Felt yeah. a little forest, whereas all the sentimental stuff in the original felt very natural. Um, I yeah. loved the scene it, that we talked about with the, his crazy dream sequence because it was just kind of weird and unexpected for a movie of that time to do kind of weird things like that. And I that was really interesting and I liked that. Um, yeah, I think just Spencer Tracy definitely... Um, he elevates it definitely more than what i thought steve martin did not to say that i don't have fun and enjoy uh father of the no. bride I, not I at do, all i I, I, movie, I like but. the steve martin i like the steve martin version absolutely yeah. like i loved things it's, in it like you know when the daughter first tells him she's engaged and then he's seeing her tell him that as a little girl yeah. like stuff like that was really fun and i liked the whole basketball kind of connection between the two of them like they had a thing where, you know, in the original, they didn't really have, like, a thing that really bonded them, and they could kind of come back together in that way. So that was something I really did enjoy yeah. in the remake that was not in the original. But overall, Spencer Tracy kind of holds the original together, kind of narrating to us. We're on this kind of journey with him. He can ease, in, like, being a grouch and curmudgeon and things not going his way and having these silly kind of bumbly-fumbly moments and then ease, like, so naturally into being the sensitive, loving father and having that great relationship with his daughter. Um, so yeah, um, I really, yeah. I really 
am loving discovering, you know, because, you know, rom-coms is my favorite kind of film genre. So kind of discovering early rom-coms and seeing where the genre I love kind of got its start and seeing how they were done in comparison to how they're done now and how they've kind of evolved and what they took from those older movies. I love kind of getting a look at that because it's not something I ever really saw very often or anything like that. So I'm really enjoying revisiting old rom-coms and classic rom-coms. And I had a lot of fun with this movie. It is always a fun thing to do. And that's exactly what this show is about, Janine. Yes. It's about discovering those older movies. This is like low-key Janine hasn't seen. It's low-key Janine hasn't seen. It is. But it's also, a lot of the time, Morgan hasn't seen as well because this show is about discovering older movies that we haven't necessarily seen or, or we think people should see. Or in you know in cases like this, they are originals of remakes that we may be more familiar with. Um, it's always nice to go back and uh, see where stuff started. Yes. And there's a cert- there's also a, just a, a special charm to certain movies of a certain time, and we all uh, we all love that. Uh, like like you said though, I, I do agree. I prefer the original. But I really did like the, the yeah. Steve Martin version as well. Uh, it, it's a it's a different take on uh, obviously the, the exact same movie. It's not like a uh, half remake, like something like Shop Around the Corner and You've Got Mail was. Yeah. Uh, it's a direct, full on. This is the same. Yeah, movie. and you get lots of kind of similar scenes and pretty much exact yeah. dialogue um, played out in both of yeah. those. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's obviously it's obviously a different movie, and it's playing to Steve Martin's strengths, and it yeah. does that well. Mm-hmm. It just so happens that I prefer, as much as I do like Steve Martin, I preferred the bumbliness yes. of, <laughs> and I've said it plenty of times, the grandfatherliness of, uh, of, of, of Spencer Tracy. Tracy. Yes. And, and it definitely has made me go and w- want to watch more uh, Spencer Tracy movies, and that definitely, is exactly what we want definitely. to get out of doing this. Yes. So it's perfect. Success. Janine. Success. Another success. (laughs) There we go. There's another episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show, Janine. It's been episode 88. (laughs) We have been talking about Father of the Bride from 1950. You know who directed this movie, by the way? Um, I do not. Vincente Minnelli. What did he direct? Liza Minnelli's father. Judy okay. Garland's one husband. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> one of Judy Garland's husbands. Um, yeah, Vincent Minnelli directed uh, Father of the Bride. So okay. that's fun. Uh. That's fun too. Um, it's a wonderful podcast, of course. Isn't the only show you can find on this feed, though. Is it, Janine? It what, is not. What other shows may there be? <laughs> oh, well, you can find Machine Mondays every Monday on this feed where me, Janine the Machine, is talking about Schmodown related topics. So head on over there talking about, you know, the last few things I've done for the season and 
Um, I recently had a great fun episode of Mega Machine Monday with Brianne Chandler, Miss Movies herself, as we broke down all the spectacular, very fun episode. Go and check that out. Um, but yeah, Machine Mondays every Monday right here on the feed. And of course, Morgan hasn't seen with Yay. Morgan. Um, you know, I pick a related series of films that Morgan hasn't seen and we watch them, discuss them. Um, and you know, Morgan maybe has a nice little discovery of something new and yeah it's always fun and morgan, wacky over there so every morgan wednesday morgan hasn't seen has certainly been <laughs> wacky recently with the, all the disney stuff yes um but it's been a lot of fun i mean morgan hasn't seen is always fun yes. everything's always fun <laughs> but particularly this disney series has been a lot of fun for me because well it's full of the questionable opinions it's been full of calls from wonderful listeners yes um it's been full of great movies but it's also you know fun to rag on disney movies sometimes because people get really annoyed when you don't like disney movies right because it's so beloved that yeah if you have a questionable disney opinion a questionable um, disney opinion it is makes the for some thing very interesting discussion so yeah check those out every wednesday right here on the feed as well morgan hasn't seen and every monday machine mondays and of course this show the flagship show it's a wonderful podcast every friday yes there yeah. you go perfectly said janine you can of course leave us voice calls if you want to on anchor there is a link in the uh, description of every episode of every show on whatever podcast provider you listen on. Uh, there is a link in the description to go and leave us a voice message, a call over on Anchor. Uh, whether it's about this show, whether it's about Morgan Hasn't Seen or Machine Monday. Do, are you a Schmodown fan? Do you want to talk to the machine? Go and do that. Um, it's always fun to get calls. I love getting calls. It's the best. We do. It's um, great. You can, of course, though, find the whole feed, the whole It's a Wonderful Podcast feed, all three shows, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and a whole bunch of other places, because we are everywhere, Janine. We are. Moving on up. <laughs> Do you want to sing that song? Because I can't sing that song either. As we're moving on up to the go. east side. We're not moving up to a deluxe apartment in the sky, though. No, we're, just... we're not. Janine, <laughs> no. Janine's the one that can sing. I can't. That's how this works. But I, I'm sorry. I apologize, everyone. <laughs> Guys, there we go. Um, find I should say find the uh, show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Dom with the three instead of the E in the because Janine. Three is the magic number. Or on Instagram at the Purple Don. Find Janine at <laughs> Janine DeBean on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want some awesome merch for these shows or you want to check out my artwork, you can find it at my tea shop on tpublic.com at G9Design. And you can also find Machine Mondays on the SchmodownLive.com website. Uh, there's a little machine uh, section, so you can find the show there as well. Um, yeah. There we go. That's all for today with It's a Wonderful Podcast. 
Um, I can't figure out times. I don't know if the next one, we're pre-recording a little bit. I don't know if we're next. the next one is in the new year or not, but w- when it is, we'll do a whole big happy be. new year it situation. We will. <laughs> um, oh, the next, the next, uh, yeah, the next episode of the main show is in the new year, but I'm just uh, saying Morgan <laughs> hasn't seen or whatever it is. Um, behind the scenes there, nice. Uh, behind yeah, the curtain. It's... Don't look at the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. I do apologise, I misquoted. Can't misquote, can't afford to misquote. It'll cost me down points if I misquote. Yes. Um, guys, there we go. Another episode of It's a Wonderful Podcast. There is only one thing left to do. Janine, go ahead. Three, two, one. Bye. Bye. You're my knight in shining armour.